and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now one thing us Brits tend to love talking about is the weather. I'm sure you've heard me do it a lot on pretty much every podcast I produce. But weather is such an important factor in growing your own. After all, we are entering the winter and frosts can easily kill many of our plants. So this week I'm turning my attention to horticultural fleece. So meet me out in the garden and I'll talk to you through what's happening outside. Now you may remember that last Christmas I got a weather station and I have actually been keeping a quite a close eye on the weather this year in my garden using this. It's been a great piece of kit actually. But what I have really noticed, and I kind of knew this before, is that my garden was always a little bit warmer than my allotment. And I've always noticed this because plants on the allotment would die a little bit earlier than what we have here at the home plot. This is quite an important feature really because it means that here at home we can actually grow some more tender plants for longer and earlier as well. But what is the reason to this? I figured after doing a bit of investigation that is actually due to the fact that we have fences all the way around our garden. Now these fences on the back garden are about six foot to eight foot tall. They are on all three sides with the house of course on the fourth side. But out in the front garden we do have this similar effect. It's still a little bit warmer there and that's because we have walls all the way around the garden. Although they aren't quite as tall, they're about three foot tall. Now it came to me what is going on here when I've been around some walled gardens in some of the stately homes. And that's because the Victorian gardens would create walled gardens in order to create warmer microclimates. The, the walls, in, in the same with the fences, were sheltering the, for our plants from the wind coming through and the sun was also hitting these walls or fences during the day warming them up and then that heat was released during the night as well and this is exactly what I think is going on with our fences here at home maybe not as good as a wall but it's definitely a noticeable microclimate going on here at home now that's not to say we don't get frosts here at home of course but we haven't had a frost at home yet, but I'm sure in December they will come. Now, one example of something that's been doing quite well is our courgette plants. I actually only just removed our courgette plants last week. They were still producing. I just removed them because I had enough of courgettes, to be honest. I wanted that space to start growing other plants. Now I do like to keep a close eye on weather predictions and the reason for that is that if a frost is predicted I can quickly run outside and cover my beds with a horticultural fleece just to protect them. Now horticultural fleece is a lightweight polyester material. It's very soft and we use it to cover over our plants to protect them from a frost. The material is very porous, so it lets in plenty of light and plenty of rain or water as well. But all it does is it acts as a blanket over our plants and just holds on to that heat for a little bit longer. 
Now, there are some plants that, of course, are hardier than others. Kale and broad beans are good examples. These generally, I find, don't need much protection here at home. They are generally grown down on the allotment because they can look after their own. But here at home, I can try and grow a few more plants that are going to provide us with more food throughout the winter that aren't quite as hardy. And that's because I can quickly run out and take care. Now, one example of this would be lettuce. We do try and grow lettuce over winter. It needs to be a winter variety, but by growing lettuce over the winter, we keep our salads coming in. Now, we could grow these in our greenhouses or under cloches, of course, but just having the fleece available means that we can actually grow these in our beds. Now, this week, I've had to run into my shed and just make sure that my fleece is easily accessible. A few years ago... I made the mistake of buying cheap fleece from a pound shop and I put that in my shed and when frost was predicted I pulled it out and the fleece literally disintegrated in my hands. Really really annoying. So what I wanted to do this week is just make sure that that fleece is in good condition that when we need it it's going to be there and it's going to be available. Now that being said, something that is found to be very successful for winter growing is our veggie pots. And I have had our medium veggie pod for quite a number of years. But what veggie pod has is this EnviroMesh canopy on top. And that acts really well at holding in the heat and still allowing plenty of light. Now my small veggie pod, I use that for herbs and we've still got chives and parsley and they're still thriving thriving my medium veggie pod and we're going to head over to there now a few weeks ago i sowed a few seeds in that corn salad mustard lettuce and it was swiss chard plants as well let's see just how well they're doing right now it's a bit difficult to open this up while i'm still on the microphone to you but there we go i can i'm in there and I can see that everything has germinated. Mustard is looking great. It's a red frilly mustard. We can probably start making a few pickings of that. Lettuce over to the water back is looking absolutely delicious. Nice and fresh. The Swiss chard is huge. And the corn salad is also germinated. So plenty of salad leaves. Things growing on in there. And the fact that they've germinated, even though it's November, tells me that that is just keeping them a little bit warmer in there. So my large veggie pod, we still have plenty of vegetables growing in there, beetroot, etc. But I've just sown a few more seeds in the spaces that we have in there. There's spring onions, lettuce, and even some carrot. There's a variety of carrot called Amsterdam Forsen 2, which is reported to be possible to sow at this time of year. I've tried it in the past, but I didn't find it to be very successful. But when I sowed it in the past, it was in the greenhouse, not in the veggie pod. I'm hoping this year that by growing it in the veggie pod, it's going to be more successful. Time will tell. Time will tell. Now, talking of the greenhouse, I have noticed a couple of weeks ago, I moved all my chilies and aubergines into there. Because they're in the greenhouse, they've actually still been producing fruit and I've had to harvest those. We're hoping that by growing these in the greenhouse over winter, we're going to overwinter them and have them ready for next year. Again, this is another thing that we want to try and keep an eye on. 
Now, my greenhouse is unheated. I do keep investigating whether or not to heat the greenhouse or not, but I've had very poor experience with greenhouse heaters in the past. And what with plastic windows, I'm always worried that the greenhouse might set on fire. So I'm not sure if we're going to heat it or not. That's something I'm still debating. Right, well, meet me back in the potting shed and we're going to find out what we've been up to in the supporters club this week. This week in the supporters club, we've been sowing some field beans. Now, field beans are a great way of adding nutrients to the soils in order to help us out in the future. But we've also been sowing some spring onions that are going to help feed us some lovely tasty salad greens in these winter months cannot wait to start tucking into those now both of these seeds are sent out as part of our supporters club pack and for five pound a month to be a member you get extra behind the scenes podcasts as well as a collection of seeds sent to your door every month and these seeds can be sown in that very month By becoming a member, you help keep this podcast running as well, which is so, so important. And I cannot thank you enough for becoming a member. To find out more and to sign up, head to theveggroundpodcast.co.uk. But if you don't want to become a member, but you still want to support this podcast, then please do rate and review this podcast on your podcast provider. By rating and reviewing, you help many other people come across this podcast and discover and they might also be interested in growing their own food really it takes you 30 seconds to do and i really appreciate it as well now meet me out in our workshop where we have got a bit of a project to do for this week so here i am in my workshop and i've just been tending to my cloches for the last few weeks we have been doing a weekly tool maintenance but i've been finding myself getting a little bit bored of that and i didn't think it was very engaging so what i thought we would do have a bit of fun and try and get you to join in as well so what i'm going to do each week i'm going to come up with a project i'm going to do it myself and i want you guys to share with me what you do alongside it Now this week it's all about cloches. We've been talking about our fleeces so I would like you to make a cloche and share with me your build. Now this could be as simple as a plastic bottle with the bottom cut off or it could be something more elaborate. It's all up to you. For me I'm using my cloches that I inherited from my granddad. These are an aluminium frame and we have corrugated plastic sheets on the inside. But the corrugated plastic sheets have been deteriorated. So I've had to buy in some new plastic sheets and I've had to cut those down to size. To cut them down to size, I've used an oscillating cutter. Just seemed to cut them a lot easier without splintering the plastic into tiny little bits. And these simply go inside the frames and then I put them into the soil and there we go. Our cloches are built and set up and they will help us to grow more crops outside throughout the winter as well as start crops off a little bit earlier in the spring. This could be mustard, lettuce, carrots, many of the other seeds that I've already mentioned earlier in this podcast. So share with us your garden cloches and uh, let's see how we all get on. 
Right, I am getting hungry, so let's see what Chef Scott has for us this week. Hello, it's Scott here, and this week I have a simple recipe, but one that packs a punch of freshness, and it's chimichurri, a fresh, vibrant herb sauce, traditionally served with grilled or barbecue meat. Now, I know it's not exactly barbecue season, but I have found this sauce works great, dolloped onto winter stews, to add a vibrant freshness to them and to help cut through the richness. It freezes well, so it's great for using up bumper crops of herbs and you can change the herbs you use to go with different things, like adding mint if you're going to serve it with lamb, for example. So, let's head to the kitchen and find out how it's made. You will need 50 grams of parsley, finely chopped, 10 grams of coriander, finely chopped, two tablespoons of dried oregano, 60 grams of diced shallots, 15 grams of red chili, finely diced, two cloves of garlic, finely diced, 250 milliliters of olive oil, 100 milliliters of red wine vinegar, one lemon, one lime, one teaspoon of ground cumin, and one teaspoon of caster sugar. Method. In a mixing bowl, add the chopped herbs, shallots, chilli, garlic, dried oregano and then add the oil and the vinegar and the zest and juice of the lemon and lime, followed by the cumin and sugar. Give it a taste at this point, you might want to add more sugar to balance it to your liking. Mix it all together and season with salt. And that's the recipe done. I hope you give this one a go and freshen up them winter stews. Well, once again, Scott has made me very, very hungry. I have to admit, I have made chimichurri in the past and I have found that I make a big batch of it up and keep it in the freezer where we can use it in the future as well. So if you do have a lot of the ingredients, especially parsley, it might be worth making a batch load up and use it. We often actually use it after Christmas when we're making turkey tacos or something like that just to add a bit of interest to the leftovers. Now I know I've just said the C word in November I cannot believe I said it but our attentions are going to be soon shifting towards Christmas so uh, keep listening to find out what we're doing with that. Right I think it is time that we head on down to the allotment to see what we can do to protect our crops from frost down on the allotment. Well, down on the allotment, it's very much a different story. The allotment here, unlike at home, is very, very open. We don't have fences around our allotment, which means the wind just rushes through. And it is noticeably colder on the allotment compared to at home. I certainly notice that plants tend to struggle more or die off earlier here on the allotment because of it. And for me, this just goes to show how much fences and other things make a lot of difference when it comes to the microclimate. Now, one of the other problems I have here on the allotment as well is, of course, it gets very wet. It's very, very boggy. Not saying that at home isn't, but on the allotment, what we have to do between now and March, I have to park at the entrance to the allotment site and walk up. Not too much of a problem. I do plenty of walking. But it's just a little bit annoying if you want to carry lots of plants or tools and things. 
So what do we do to try and do some crop protection on our plants down here? To be honest, because it is so different to what we have at home, I try and do very little. Vandalism, strong winds all mean that any crop protection that we may pot up may lead to it being lost, which would be a waste of money. Now, one of the things that we could do, but we have to get permission from our council, is pot a fence up all around the allotment. And then with that, we could use something like scaffold netting around the allotment site just to try and reduce the wind that comes through. The trouble with that is it's going to be very, very expensive. And again, I'm not convinced that it's going to work out as well as I would hope. So what I do instead is I just stick with my bed system. And if we get a report that cold weather is going to come in, then I might rush down here and place EnviroMesh or fleece over the beds. Weigh it down, pin it down to make sure it doesn't blow away. But I can't do this at a drop of a hat. I need about a week's notice. So it is a case of keeping an eye on the weather to make sure I've done it. At home, I can do it when I get a report of a drop in temperature the next day. Now, in terms of plants that we actually have growing down here, I don't really grow much down here during the winter that cannot survive. So we do have things like kale and leeks. I planted out some broad beans last week. This week, I have actually dug up the last of our main crop potatoes, Maris Piper and Sarpomyra. Sarpomyra, again, we have got plenty of potatoes that should do us quite well. But because these two beds are now empty, the main crop potato beds, what I've actually done in those is sown some more green manures. I've gone for a mixture in these two beds of Facilia, which is one of my favourites, which is a good green manure because it, it grows quite quick, it grows quite big and it shades out any weeds. It's very good, I found, for reducing the amount of cooch grass that we have here on the allotment. It's also a legume, so it... It also adds nitrogen into the soil and when it flowers the bees love it. It won't flower till next year now but it just adds another reason for Facilia. But the second one I've also sown is field beans. Another really good green manure. These are much like broad beans in that they are a legume. They grow like broad beans. They're hardier than broad beans. But again, they add nitrogen to the soil as well as do all the good things that green manures do. I'm sure you know by now that one of the things I do on the allotment and at home is if I can't grow veg, I grow green manures. Facilia and field beans are two of my favourite. And these two combined should work really nicely, uh, adding nutrients into my soils and blocking out any weeds, especially the cooch grass. Now, I did mention that plants are dying off a bit earlier here. And one plant that has died off was my shark's fin melon plant, which I'm quite glad about. We had two decent melons on it, which I've harvested and taken home. I've yet to see what they taste like. Shark's fin melon was a plant that I've grown for the first time this year. Every year I try and grow something new. Shark's fin melon is that plant. But whether we grow it again all depends on what the taste was like. Find out in the future how that turns out like. Now, the final thing that I've actually done here on the allotment this week is I have mulched 
my asparagus with some seaweed. I took a walk down to our local beach and collected some seaweed during the week and I brought a bucket back of that down to the allotment and just placed that over my asparagus. Asparagus being a coastal plant, it actually does quite well with a bit of salt. Seaweed probably doesn't contain a huge amount of salt, but I have found in the past when I've added a mulch of seaweed to our asparagus bed, the asparagus has grown so much better. So I do think seaweed is a secret ingredient. I've only added a bucket full to the asparagus bed at the moment. I reckon I probably need another six or seven buckets to completely cover this bed over the winter, which isn't a problem because I can just keep doing that a bucket at a time. And I, uh, I quite like doing that, to be honest. Much like the wood chip we spoke of last week, it's going to have that same effect, but just benefit the asparagus that little bit more. Well, there we go. That is the update here from the allotment. So I will head on home and meet you back in the podding shed. Well, there we go. That is how we're going to be protecting some of our crops from frost over these coming weeks. I hope it's given you something to think about and I hope you're going to go and check if you have any horticultural fleece that it is in good condition. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly have enjoyed talking to you as always. If you have enjoyed it, then please consider becoming a supporting member by heading to the veggroundpodcast.co.uk to sign up. And please do rate and review on your podcast provider. If you want to get in touch, you can head to the veggroundpodcast.co.uk, leave a comment on the bottom of a blog post, or leave a voicemail. Alternatively, you can email me, richard at theveggroundpodcast.co.uk. Of course, you can find us on social media to get in touch. Don't forget, it's good to share your cloche builds. like to see a few of those. We will be back again next time, so until then, please take care.